You're listening to TOSE, The Other Side Enterprise, where we are committed to bringing you to the other side, taking you from dreams to possibilities and on to reality. Listen in on talks for business and life coaching starting right now with your host, Tiffany Rufino. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Tiffany, and I'm here with the apple of my eye, Mr. Rufino. <laughs> Say hi, Mr. Rufino. I like that. I saw what you did there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you saw what I did because I said apple of my eye. Was that the part that caught you? <laughs> we'll just go with yes. We'll, we'll leave it at that without going too far. <laughs> Very cool. Welcome back. Thank you to our new listeners. Thank you to our regular listeners. Um, although you are by no means regular in any way, you guys are extraordinary. We appreciate your support. If you're loving our podcast so far, please make sure to subscribe so you can be on top of every new episode that we do. We also look forward to hearing your feedback. So you can email me at T Rufino, R-U-F as in Frank, I-N-O, at theothersideenterprise.com with any feedback, thoughts, ideas, or even if you're interested in being a participant on the show, we will look to have guests on and do interviews and just uh, talk about different topics. And so not all topics are business related. Some of them are just life in general related. And I had a couple of ideas today that I was thinking about that I wanted to bring about. And uh, the first one that we're going to go into is what's the difference in my mind, at least between intuition versus instinct. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's dive into that. Let's dive into that. Let's unpack it. Let's unpack it. So I'm going to share a story. I think stories are good in uh, helping to break this down. There was a day in New York that I was um, out late at night and I was driving to a 7-Eleven. I believe I wanted to purchase, you know, just something to drink, a little bit of a snack. It had been a long day. And I pull up to the 7-Eleven that I'm used to going to and I see a group of guys hanging outside the 7-Eleven. Now, one of the guys that was there I knew. I knew from high school. We didn't have any sort of like really strong relationship as far as friendship goes. But, uh, you know, we had been in school throughout the years. So I had no reason to feel any type of way about being a female walking into a building with a bunch of guys outside. Uh, Now, mind you, this is New York. This is late at night. So, you know, in any other situation, had I not known at least one of them, I might have felt a certain type of way. So get out of the car. I don't have a purse. I have my wallet in my hands and I have my keys. And I was driving uh, my, I think it was my, uh, what was it? My Grand Marquis, my 1987 Grand Marquis. Uh, a classic. A total classic, especially if you look back on it now, right? But anyway, I'm going to date myself if I <laughs> keep talking about it. So get out of the car. I start walking towards the uh, the building and to go in the front door and the person from high school says, you know, what's up to me? And I'm like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And he's like, good. How are you? And as he's talking to me, his friends are coming a little bit closer. And at that point, I felt a sensation just where you feel the hairs on your arms stand up just a little bit and on the back of your neck. And all of a sudden, your heart starts going a little bit quicker because now I'm not focused on the person I know. I'm focused on the people I don't know. And in this point in time, I'm a little outnumbered, right? And so, you know, I said, well, it was good seeing you. And I start to go inside. And one of his friends grabs my arm and happens to grab the arm that I have my wallet in. Um, And 
it's also the hand that I have my keys in. And so I look down and I look at his grip and his grip is pretty tight. And I, I said, uh, take your hands off me. And he's like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? He's like, I just want to talk to you. And I said, we already talked. I don't need to talk to you anymore. And at this point, my heart is racing because now I don't even want to go inside the store. I just want to get in my car and get the heck out of there. And so some words were exchanged and I looked to the person that I knew in school to see if he was going to, you know, kind of help me get out of the situation, tell his friend to calm down or whatever. And then I noticed that he has a paper bag in his hand in the shape of what would be uh, like a 40 ounce, right? So he's a little lit at that point and not thinking uh, straight. So he's laughing it off, thinking it's not serious. But here I am feeling like I'm not in a great position. I'm feeling as though there's danger right now. And so in that moment, hearing that story, just because this is the first time that you're hearing this story. So let me preface this by saying uh, we were not in a relationship at this point. (laughs) You would not have been able to do anything. There's nothing you need to do about it now because clearly I walked away safe from the situation. Okay, so let me just, (laughs) because I could see the look on Jeff's face right now. But hearing that, was my reaction intuition or was it instinct? So... I'm going to take what you said to heart and you got out of it safe. So we're good. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say it was probably instinct because it's, it's visceral. It's not, it, it's your body telling you this is not okay. Mm -hmm. Get out. Total fight or a flight response. Correct. And I wanted to do both. And when you want to do both, sometimes that's when you freeze. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced that. I know that I have. I'm, I think you act. I'm <laughs> not a I'm not a flight. <laughs> You're guy. not a freeze person. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm a I'm a ask questions later kind of guy. Yeah, I think um in certain moments I have a tendency to battle which one I want to do and that depends on at what point in my life I'm at and what I'm going through at that time. Uh usually my first instinct is to fight, especially if it's for something that's right. Um And then, you know, sometimes I just know that I can't win the battle and then it's flight. Um, But then if I'm weighing those options out, I tend to freeze in that moment. And just that's when the anxiety builds up. And one of the things that I read recently was that um, indecision is worse than making no decision. Okay. And I think that applies to any fight or flight response. Like you have to make a decision right then and there. And that ties back to our podcast yesterday with crisis management in that you have to make a decision. You can't be indecisive because then you're no longer a leader in that moment. And in the moment for me where I was with those guys, I had to be a leader for myself and make a quick decision so that I walked away safe and didn't put myself in a situation that could have gotten worse. You know, whereas if I had stayed and talked with them and if I had stayed and I drank with them, if they offered me something to drink or if I felt intimidated or I felt that, you know, I wanted them to like me because they were the cool kids in high school and let me hang out and see what happens. If I didn't trust my instincts of that fight or flight response, who knows what would have been the next part of that story. So being that instinct can potentially get you out of a tight spot, right? You it's it's almost like a reaction. You 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 go through it without thinking. How does that contrast 
with intuition? I think that instinct is a, a natural born, I don't want to say quality, but it's it's almost like we came with that computer chip. Okay. Instinct is something that we've had since, you know, we were chasing saber-toothed tigers or they were chasing us or, you know, whatever was going on <laughs> back then. Um, you, we had to go by instinct because, you know, at, we're, we're mammals, right? And I think where intuition comes in is where you apply logic to what your feelings are about the situation and you assess and something about it feels familiar enough for you to understand what's going on before you can put it into words. And so here's what I mean by that. I remember, um, and I, I, I've always been a people studier, if that's a way to phrase it. I've always been interested in sociology, uh, just watching how people interact with each other. Sometimes I get called out uh, in in social scenarios because the people ask, "Why are you so quiet?" And it's not intentional. It's not me being an introvert. It's me just really studying people and learning and uh, watching how people interact. And I've done that from a young age. And I think in doing that, I'm looking for what's the emotion of the scene that's happening in front of me. And when I can feel that emotion off of the scene, then I can picture what the next steps are. And so I've taken that to the next level with business. I'm very passionate about business, all aspects of business, and I'm very passionate about the psychology of business. And so when I think about one of my first jobs, I worked at a uh, pharmacy and it was, it's similar to, you know, the big chain pharmacies that we have now. So you have all the retail products and makeup and everything, and then the pharmacy in the back. And I worked there and one of the assistant managers I could tell was having a bad day. Now, mind you, I'm still working in high school. This dude is like, you know, 15 years older, older than me and hates his life, hates his job, hates everything that's going on, you know? So he's always in a bad mood, but this one particular day he was in a terrible mood. And, uh, you know, I caught him off to the side and I felt like it was appropriate to ask him, hey, are you okay? And he said, no offense, but I don't complain down. I complain up. And I said, oh, and in my mind, I was thinking a lot of four letter words and, you know, just walking away. Like, I'm never going to ask you again, you know, like, go screw yourself, that sort of thing. As I'm older, I realized that, you know, that was an important professional thing that he taught me in that moment. However, what I said to myself is, okay, something's about to change in management. And that's why he's upset. Because what I was thinking is, he is not getting the position that he wants. And what ended up happening over the next couple of weeks is that I could see that there was more visits from uh, the home office, the corporate office to check in on the store and make sure everything was going according to plan, that everything was set up the way that it was supposed to be set up. We were, we were working harder. We were working later to make sure everything was fine. And um, what ended up happening is that the manager ended up leaving and getting promoted, but the two assistant managers didn't get promoted. And so they knew that was happening. They knew somebody else was coming in and they were unhappy about it. I couldn't predict that all of that was going to happen, but I knew change was coming because you could feel it in the air. And with the different behaviors in the room, you put both of those things together and you're like, this is going to be different real soon. And nobody's talking about it. 
A lesson to leaders out there, and one of the things that, that struck me with the I don't complain down, I complain up, say nothing. If something, if there's something that somebody asks you about, hey, is something bothering you? Try to have some sort of, you know, form a diplomatic response. You know, I'm going through something right now. I'd rather not talk about it or it's personal. But a response like that just strikes me as uh, belittling, almost designed to put your bad mood onto the person that you're speaking to. You know what, though? I At the time, yes, I agree with you. At the time, I totally felt that way. However, that's that because it was so impactful to me, it stayed with me mm-hmm. and it stayed with me as leadership in that, you know, when you're not having a great day, it's not up to your team to make you have a greater day. Uh, you know, I mean, they understand that you're human and there's a human side that you want them to see. However, if it's something that they can't support, then you're influencing their reaction. And there's another scenario that happens to me a little bit later on. And it was, you know, as I grew in my career and now I'm in an office setting and I'm placed in a role that I am creating, like they are creating this by the minute for me because it was just better for me to be used with talents I had at the time versus handing out supplies. Um, So here I was in a vendor compliance role, which is really just a liaison between vendors and the company and making sure that everything's going smoothly and smoothly. I don't know if I said the TH the first time. Smoothly. (laughs) So I uh, had to create a database. No experience except for AOL in my life and like, you know, the dial up. And all of a sudden here I am with, uh, can you create a database? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I will figure it out. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, because that's what I did. And so I got called into my boss's office and he was asking questions about the database. And my answers were... They started with, it should, it's supposed to, it should do that, it might do that. And he looked at me and he said, if you don't have the answer that it will do that, then don't say the answer at all. He said, you have to be confident when you take this to my boss and then their boss that this is going to work, not it should. He said, you have to be confident in what your results are. And if you're not, then go back and be confident in it. And you know, I remember sitting there like tearing up because I'm like, uh, I don't even know how to create a database. I promised this and I'm, you know, I'm learning all this and I'm trying to figure it out. And those words were so impactful to me because moving forward, it helped me in making sure that the moves that I was making, I could back it up. Okay. Yeah. And and that is true. You do want to make sure you, and, and it goes to our, what we said last time, you, you want to... um under promise over deliver and you want to speak with confidence and to go back to the uh well so i know we're running a little bit over on this one but when we talk about under promising i don't want to under promise an expected result so i'd rather promise yes you will get exactly what you asked for Mm -hmm. and nothing less and i will over deliver on that and oh by the way i added this added this added that not that I'm not going to give you what you asked for, but I'll give you some version of it. I just want to clarify that that's what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you you have deliverables and you you want to meet those. If for whatever reason somebody's asking you on a project to deliver something that cannot be done, I need 15 million of these in the next 10 minutes, 
you also want to maintain realism. You know, that's where you have your smart goals for those of you that are in some sort of Wasn't corporate. that an episode of one of your favorite shows where Penny had to, like, do something and she enlists Sheldon and everybody else to... Yeah. And mm-hmm. they had to make, like, however many of that object in a certain amount of time. And, yeah. And so it's a good lesson to, um, to make sure that, A... You know, you know what you're talking about at the at the end of it, that you know what you're presenting, you know that you can speak to it confidently, but also be aware that you're on stage, that you what you're presenting is for the people above you. It's it's going to give them an, uh, an idea of what what's coming, like what quality of work you have for the people below you. That is, you know, attitude reflects leadership. So what you bring to the table is going to uh, influence the people that are around you. Yeah. And to sum it all up, I think instinct really helps you decide what your action is going to be, your reaction to the scenario. Your intuition tells you more of what the scenario is going to be and what's going to happen um, so in a way, foretelling versus uh, the end result of, you know, the fight or flight response. So from there, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about what's the difference between planning versus having expectations. Hey, other siders, are you looking for the perfect decoration to adorn your home with? Or what about a seasonal wreath for your favorite holiday exactly the way that you want it? Limitless Adornments creates beautifully unique, 100% custom wreaths all year round. Each wreath is handmade and custom made to celebrate your favorite holiday, hobby, or just to place in your home. If you're interested in placing a custom order for your own personalized wreath, look up Limitless Adornments on Facebook, Instagram, and Etsy to make your perfect wreath a reality. Mention the other side to receive 10% off your first order. That was so exciting. That's our first sponsor, babe. Yeah. Woohoo. And 10% off. That's awesome. They're not only a sponsor, we're also uh, their clients because we've received some personalized items from them and they're fabulous. Yeah. Like I, my silver wreath for uh, the holidays because you know how obsessed I am with silver and glitter and it had stars on it. Obsessed. Christmas is Super Bowl time at the Rufino household. Just so you guys all know. <laughs> yeah, we're throwing ornaments at each other. That's the Super Bowl <laughs> part of it. <laughs> okay, so we're back and we are talking about what is the difference between planning and expectation. I'm going to make it really simple. Planning is what's in your control. Expectation is what's out of your control. All right. That's the end of the episode. All right. Yeah, Bye, we're guys. done. <laughs> Have a great night. <laughs> um When I think of a story about that, I think about wedding planning. And particularly, I think about, you know, everything that goes into a wedding as far as finding a venue, finding um, florists, finding the color dresses that you want, finding the wedding dress, finding the tux, finding the person you're going to (laughs) marry. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, Deciding who your bridal party is going to be sending out invites and trying to figure out, you know, how many people you have so you could order enough food for everybody and have the table settings. There's just so much that goes into a wedding. I'm going through 
Uh, let me say this. This year, we will be celebrating our 11th wedding anniversary. So 11 years ago, in a few, in, at the end of this year, will have been when we got married. Since then, I've gone through multiple businesses. I've had product launches that have had to happen in multiple countries. I've done crazy amount of stressful things. And nothing compares to waiting for or like those few days before a wedding when inevitably everything goes right and everything goes wrong and then everything goes right again. Right. <laughs> just just saying. And all, all of that is um, expected with a big event. And so here's what happened with planning versus expectation. And I'm just going to speak to our wedding. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we planned for over a year in putting everything together. Uh, for the most part, everything was good. I think the planning of the items, right, the planning of the decor, the planning of where the uh, place settings were going to be, the planning of the flowers and the outfits as far as the families and the groomsmen and the bridesmaids and all of those things were in place. What wasn't in place, the first part of it, were the people. <laughs> so oh. we had a ton of people on Jeff's side, um, you know, for, for the groomsmen party. And for the bridesmaids, I had two people that told me up until the night before the wedding that they were going to be there and uh, they weren't there. And these were two people that, you know, I uh, had planned on being there that were very close to me at the time. And for their different reasons, they weren't going to be there. So my expectation was that they were going to be there. I also planned for them to be there. And because of that, it was a huge disappointment and it broke my heart because those were two people that I wanted to have stand next to me. Now, if I had planned my wedding and everything including my expectations of the people that were going to be there had matched up and it rained that day, I wouldn't have been upset about the weather because the wedding was inside and there was no expectation of what the weather was going to be. We didn't plan for anything outside. We didn't have any expectations. And by the way, they say if it rains on your wedding day, then that's good luck, right? Um, for us, it was super windy because the hotel that we chose was on the beach. So our photographers who were fabulous, by the way, they were like everything that and more um, were. So they took us outside to take pictures for the bridal party before the actual wedding. And it was windy because our hotel was on the beach. And so we're standing there uh, in front of the ocean. My hair that had just recently gotten done, all my curls, all my extensions are flying around in my face. There's seagulls all around us, like swooping down, like trying to attack us as though we were in the movie The Birds. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to shoo them off with our bouquets and everything else. It created a memory because we didn't have expectations of what the photos were going to be. We were, wanted it to be lifelike life photos, not so much where they're posed. So we wanted in the moment photos. And a lot of those photos are hilarious because you see a seagull swooping down. You see us trying to take our hair out of our mouth because the wind blew it in our face. And, you know, moments like that, because there was no expectation of what it was going to be. It was just, let's have fun and we could fix everything later. 
that works out, right? But when if it was a planned photo where the entire wedding party had to be outside and it was overcast that day and we expected it to be nice because we looked at the weather ahead of time, I think that's where the expectation creates a disappointment. And where as, you know, if you plan for things, those are things that are in your control, you could fix those things where expectations, if they fall short, you can't fix it in the moment. And that creates a panic moment for you or a fight or flight response for you? What are your thoughts? It looks like, I almost think of like the serenity prayer. Like you have to be able to be, to know the difference between what you can plan for and you can plan your venue, right? Um, versus what should, what should you expect or not expect? So just in case our listeners aren't familiar with the serenity plan, uh, the serenity plan, listen to me, (laughs) the serenity expectations, (laughs) the serenity prayer, would you share with them what that is? So I think it goes something like, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can. And I think the the line that comes to me, the, the, that is apt for this is the wisdom to know the difference. So you want to know, be able to know the difference between what's in your control, right? Uh, there's 150 people coming. I need 150 seats. And what's out of your control? The weather, I, I can't control the weather. So I, I, if it doesn't cooperate, then we're going to have a problem and I need something to back up for that. So I think when I hear um, that prayer, that (laughs) what happens is, is what you expect to receive is a calmness that comes over you, right? Mm -hmm. What's happening is, is the universe is planning to put you in a position to learn what all those things are. <laughs> so everything that you expected goes right out the window window because the universe is going to bring you something completely different. That's just in, in my eyes. <laughs> Only because I've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah, the the universe does put you in position in a place to test the limits of how how you react to things, how you can handle things. You know, there's people that say that you never get put anything in front of you that you can't handle. So you should be, you know, you should go in with confidence. But um, when it, as pertains to planning versus expecting, you know, I can expect, and let's bring it back to business. You can expect people in your organization to act a certain way. But you see organizations have contingency plans for when something like that doesn't happen. When somebody who is <clears throat> responsible for a thing doesn't perform uh, or doesn't deliver the thing that you need, if it's a mission critical item, you you want to be able to plan. What do you do if that doesn't if that doesn't arrive uh, to limit the you know the fallout or whatever? Well, I think when I think about leading people, I think that's where there's a strong um, divide, right? Because you go ahead, you interview somebody, they show up for the interview as though that's the person I'm going to see every day. And I have that expectation that I'm going to see that person look and perform every day the way that they came in for their interview, right? With that same energy, with that same great look, uh, with the same great answers and knowledge that they brought to the table. 
And then they start showing up and they're not the same person. They're not dressing the way that you expect them to. They're not performing the way that that you expected them to. And you get frustrated in that if I can do it as a leader, then why can't everybody else, right? If I could be an adult, I could show up to my job because I know that I have a responsibility. What's wrong with my team that all of them can't jump on board too? And the difference in that is that not everybody was raised the same way by the same people in the same circumstances to have that same work ethic, to have that same mindset, which is why you're in the role of that leader. So you could lead them to that as opposed to expecting them to have that behavior. And I think that goes back to, I'll I'll come to you in two seconds, but that comes back to what we've talked about in the past about interviewing and having the right (laughs) questions in the interview in order to find out, are you hiring the right person for the role that you're looking for for your organization? An extreme example of that, like you put me on to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yes. And he's awesome. One of the things that he says, when, when I first heard this, I said, this guy is crazy. <laughs> he hires people on the spot. Like he will do a two-second interview and hire them. And he says that it's easier for him to hire somebody have them do the job for a little bit and then get rid of them if they're not up to snuff than it is to have this huge, elaborate hiring, onboarding. He wants to he wants to throw people into the deep end and see how well they can swim. And so should everybody do that? Probably not. There are a lot of organizations that that may not be feasible. However, or you can't afford to do it because the yeah. training that goes into that role just doesn't work. Which is why, again, if you go back to our interviewing podcast, we talk about um, how to find the right person for the role and how do you find the right role for that person. But um, it is an example of taking control of the things that you can. You can control who can come in your door and you can control who gets involuntarily separated from your company. Is it the most ideal um scenario every time no uh gary v has a specific type of company that is very fluid and allows for that kind of um interaction but you can see how he takes control of the things that he's he can take control of he doesn't he doesn't bring people into his organization and put a whole bunch of investment into somebody to then be disappointed and say, well, eh, you know, and this happens in companies. I've, I've already spent so much on this person. So it, let me spend more money to right the ship when it's wrong rather than, because it doesn't make sense to get rid of them. There's so much money that's going to go out the door with that person. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the caveat or the devil's advocate to it or, or the opposite, whatever you want, um, to say towards that. Well, let me just address one thing, <laughs> the elephant in the room. We have our our three pups up here and we're very blessed that they are very quiet today with the exception of our oldest, Max, who is a snorky, a schnauzer, Yorkie mix, uh, who is going to be 10 and he has sleep apnea. So if you hear heavy breathing in the background, <laughs> it's Max. And I apologize for that. He's, uh, he's always going to be a part of our show and, you know, we're okay with that. <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure you knew that we were 
okay. Um, when I'll just I, say I'm very happy when he's soundly sleeping. Yeah, I mean, this is the best case scenario right now. So <laughs> we're working with what we got. Otherwise, if we let them loose, they'll be counter surfing in the kitchen and um, it's just going to be a mess. So <laughs> going back to planning and expectations, the the one caveat that I would say is when you think of an organization or a company or business, small business, big business, medium size, whatever you want to call it, if that business has a guarantee uh, for their customers, right? So um, Hampton Inn is one of them. They have their guarantee. It's a metal plate that's you know right there when you check in and it talks about that they guarantee that you'll feel like, don't quote me on this, but it, something along the lines of you feeling like you're at a home away from home, Right. If you planned that visit to go to the Hampton Inn because you felt that that was a place that had a good reputation based on what you researched because you planned it, uh, that it wasn't going to be busy at the time that you were going to be there, that you were able to pick your room, that sort of thing, it's natural for you to expect a good experience based on what their guarantee is. Yeah. I can't guarantee that my friends are going to always... um, you know, respond the way that I do to things. And that's why they're my friends, because we're different. And some do respond the way that I do to some things. I'm not looking for extra versions of me, and they're not looking for extra versions of themselves. You know, that's how you learn, and that's how you grow. Um, but I think that would be, like, the one difference, is if you're planning to go to a business that has a guarantee, then you can expect that they fulfill that guarantee. And if they don't, that's when, you know, it becomes another situation. So overall, what are your takeaways from, I know we, we spoke about uh, planning versus expectation and in part one in the earlier topic was instinct versus intuition. What are your takeaways from our discussion? I think you need all of those as a leader or even just to have an awareness of it as a human being going through life in understanding that uh, you have to trust your instincts. Your instincts have been there since the dawn of time um, and they get greater and better as we grow. There's a book I was put onto recently from another podcast and it's called The Gift of Fear. Um, And if you wouldn't mind looking up the name of the author, that would be great. Gavin, I believe is his first name. And I listened to one of his speeches and I was just blown away because, you know, everybody tries to avoid fear. Um, Gavin DeBecker, D-E and then Becker. Um, And so the gift of fear talks about, you know, that that feeling that you get, that intuition plus that instinct. And how are those two things different than fear? And it's just a really, really great way that he shares the difference and explains it in analogies and stories. But I think that works for business as well as, you know, your personal life, just like I shared with you, you know, being outside, being by myself and um, being in that situation with those gentlemen, um, you know, just freely using that word. But then also (laughs) with planning and expectations in your life and that, you know, there's certain things that you can expect in a work environment that you can't expect in a life environment. I can't expect to go to every store and have the employees act the way that I would expect my team to greet a guest or a client that's coming through our doors because I wasn't there to set that standard and expectation for them. 
Okay. And as pertains to... I think the overall theme here is that you want to be able to identify when to do one versus the other. And that's why knowing the difference is important. Well, I think it's also part of how do you control your emotions too, right? Because if you plan things and they don't go as planned, some people say, well, I expected it to be this way, right? But then you have to go back and say, well, if you planned it, why didn't it go that way? And why didn't it match up to your expectations? Because it could be just a piece of the action that you missed out on that could have changed the results because planning you have a little more control over. However, if you don't plan and you just expect things to go a certain way and you don't communicate any information along the way, your expectation of the outcome is not going to match up to what the outcome is. And so in saying all this and understanding your intuition, your instinct, your planning and your uh, um expectation, it helps you control your emotions as a leader and as a person, but it also helps you uh, start to get the results that you're looking for, whether it's goal setting or whether it's, you know, driving sales or whether it's building a team. Um, it's in the end, it's all about communication. What's your body communicating to you and what are you communicating to your team? So with that, thank you for joining us today. Thank you to our sponsor, Limitless Adornments. Uh, remember to check them out again. You get 10% off your first order with the code the other side. Uh, I put a link in our Instagram page on the other side enterprise. So check us out on Instagram and we look forward to talking to you on the other side. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share. We'll see you next time on the other side enterprise.